Welcome back to the CrossFit Bath Podcast. As always, I'm Jason, and joining me this week, very special guest, we have Bex Devereaux, formerly known as Bex Hall, uh, or can be known as Dev now as well. So we have Dev and Dev in that household. It's great. Uh, Bex, welcome to the podcast. How are you? Yeah, good. Thank you. I notice that you're not on your own. You've brought another little guest with you. Yeah, I've got little Spencer here, who is a bit of a boo monster. And doesn't like to be put down. So he's, uh, you might hear him snoring or snuffling away. Yeah. So if he's snoring, let's not, we're not going to, we won't get offended. We won't assume it's that our conversation is boring. It's just, no, it's just the way he is. So Bex, before we get into our uh, interesting conversation that we've got planned for today, uh, just a couple of warm up questions, because you know how important a good warm up is to get you uh, ready. For, for any type of workout as this podcast clearly is so some nice simple warm-up questions to begin with get my brain sort of going exactly all those podcasting muscles that you know <laughs> use them every day you've got to got to get them warmed up so the first one is a classic peanut butter crunchy or smooth crunchy crunchy you are in the 99 percent of people that are answering crunchy yeah without a doubt will is on his own with the smooth he's mad Let's go to something a little bit more crossfitty. Clean or snatch? Clean. Clean. Any reason why? Is that just a mobility issue or it's a technique or what? I just like a clean. Not that I've done either for a long time. Although weirdly, my favourite squat is an overhead squat. So you would have thought I would say snatch, but I like a clean. Just a clean and then you can just position that into an overhead position for an overhead squat. Yeah. Just have best of both worlds. <laughs> yeah, indeed here's a question that will let you think a little bit more uh, if your house is anything like mine with the kids there's probably uh, children's music and nursery rhymes and songs playing all the time so what is the song that is slowly driving you mad oh so at the moment it's blaze and the monster machines all right have you heard of that one i feel like i've seen the image so the theme tune i just have it in my head all the time well that would roll on nicely then to my my sort of follow-up question that is what is the kids show you would choose to ban if you could well i'd rather watch blaze than i would bing bing is like like my ultimate i can't can't do bing whereas blaze although it's annoying because it's very americanized i have nothing against americans but you know when you're two three-year-old is watching american stuff you don't want them to start talking um but it is a bit educational whereas being is just annoying so like this is your first time on the podcast but you you've just risen so many ranks as the, the favorite <laughs> guest i have so many issues with bing oh he can't talk he can't talk now i, I used to teach english as a second language when i lived in italy yeah and one of the things i was constantly apologizing for was the irregular verbs and i was like yeah. oh, I'm, I'm so sorry but you know when we're growing up we just learn them and and unfortunately, you're going to have to memorize them. And we just know them because, you know, everyone uses them. So you learn them naturally. Yeah. And then Bing uses them incorrectly all the time. All the time. Actively making children. Yeah. Like, I, I cannot, I cannot condone this. I disagree strongly. So yeah. Oh, hearing that answer. Perfect. <laughs> Wonderful. I'm glad we agree. But as I've said, it's your first time on the podcast. There is a classic first time on the podcast question that you must be asked. And that is when we finally film the CrossFit Bath movie, who would you pick to play you? Oh, gosh. Now you've got me. I don't know. I'm not very, uh, I'm not very up on. Are we talking like, you know, actors, actresses, anybody in the world? Well, it's funny you should say that, Rex, because initially that's kind of what I had in mind. And we had, I think, Ollie had Jason Statham and... Uh, uh, I, I get a feeling like Shaq's picked Brad Pitt, I think. <laughs> so, so clearly uh, reality wasn't much in, involved. Then we've had people pick deceased actors. We've had people pick CrossFit Games athletes. I think Sam picked another member from the bridge to play him because they could do a good impression. So the scope is quite wide and varied at the moment. You've really got me on that one. I mean, I used to be known for my quads, but, you know, they're not quite as good as they used to be. <laughs> So I don't know, a female with big quads. Female, do you want to just play yourself? If I went back to my pre-baby self. Which it might be in the movie. We'll probably have to have you pre and post, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, it depends what, 
you know what the movie's about i guess you've you've stumped me on that one i don't know maybe someone can suggest who should play me because that's we're gonna go for that it's never happened before we've never not had i throw it out there to if there is anyone listening if anyone wants to listen to this I think, I think this will be a, a very popular episode. No answer. No answer for that one, I'm afraid. I'm, I'm shocked. I'm shocked. Okay. Moving on. So you're feeling warm now? I hope so. Yes. Yeah. So before we uh, sort of go over your mum qualifications, let's just have a look a little bit at your history with CrossFit. So maybe yeah. very briefly, how did you first get into CrossFit and sort of what, what level of involvement have you had in the CrossFit? I've had the pleasure of knowing Ollie for a very, very long time. Pleasure? Are you, are you sure that's the, that's the word you're going to go with? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Okay, interesting. Um, and so he said to me, this is when him and Shax were running classes out of Percy Boys on New King Street. Um, so there was not even a box at that stage. And they said, well, Ollie said to me, um, can you come along to my class? and I was like yeah definitely um and that was it just got hooked right on it and then was one of the first members at the old 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 box so the one that was in Widcombe really like everyone does you start CrossFit and you want to go more and more and you get really like I want to do a pull-up and I want to do this and I want to do that um so then I was already had my personal training qualifications but wasn't really doing any PT at the time because my sports massage had taken over and then when the guys said to me would you be interested in doing your level one and working um for us I jumped at the chance and I can't really I was trying to think when I did my level one I think it was 2011 but I'm sure the guys would be able to verify that I can't remember when and so basically I started up the ladies only classes and that was what um I did and then it sort of just went from there and then obviously I got into competing did a lot of competitions did regionals on the team a couple of times two years in a row just loved it basically and yeah just carried on and I still do my own although I haven't been to the gym and I haven't coached since I had Charlie just you know life it hasn't worked out that I've managed to get back but I do well the first 18 months of Charlie's life he spent watching the train when I could take him down to the box um but now I just train at home because it's what fits in but I still do CrossFit stuff yeah yeah I think I've because you you know you said you haven't been down to you've been down to the gym a bit since having, having Charlie yes I have yeah and I did um strength in depth with the guys two years ago now sounds about right yeah because I know I know I've worked out with you since since Charlie so that was uh, that was nice but yeah it's it's not easy as we will discuss later it's not easy to get down to the box when you've got a kid and even harder when you've got two kids so that's uh, maybe that rolls us nicely into um to you know we're going to be speaking about training during pregnancy after having a baby or babies so obviously you know as we said you're you're a mum you're joined uh, with Spencer now but you've also uh, got Charlie as well and yeah. you're still you're still training because uh, I know you've got a, a half marathon coming up in the future so you're training for that uh, so it's it, there's a, a nice kind of rounded picture of someone who's still very on board with with training and you know it's just, you're still doing bit and that but at the same time has been through uh, this you know very life-changing event that obviously yeah. has a huge impact on how people train why they train and and when they can and although my training is different exercises and and always will be part of my life and part of who I am so if 10 minutes at home means I get some exercise in I'll take that over doing nothing when we first met you you were very easy to spot in the gym when I started uh, because not only were you quite along in the the pregnancy with Charlie uh, you were also still like crushing us in the workouts <laughs> so so that, that was you know that stood yeah. out you know everybody is kind of you know different at the box and you know stand out for different reasons but I remember when you know when we especially when you just first start CrossFit everybody's beating you and you kind of you, you, you can handle that yeah but, being being beaten by a pregnant woman is obviously 
you've got to leave the ego at the door when you enter the oh bless <laughs> you, you. Know. but it, it leads on kind of to the first sort of question I would have or so first big disclaimer obviously while a dad I've never given birth uh, I've never been pregnant so I realize I'm going to be very careful with how I word things oh don't worry things I ask <laughs> Oh, I, I'm not worried about you, Vex. I'm worried about the backlash <laughs> from everybody else. <laughs> Later, we've got some questions that some different mums have sent in. Yeah. Uh, and, I'll, and I'll just pepper in a few um, things that I've heard other people say or questions I've heard from, from people in the past or things I've uh, witnessed. And, yeah. and hopefully, with all of that together, we'll have a, a half-decent conversation and be able to, to pick okay. up a few gems. But one of the things then I would, you know, obviously the, the immediate thing is uh, once somebody uh, is pregnant, is the idea of whether or not they can continue training. Uh, and I think depending on, uh, you know, your upbringing, different cultures, different parts of the world have very different ideas about this. And, you know, there are yeah. people that are like, oh, no, now, now you're pregnant, sit down, don't do anything. You know, you've got to be, yeah. you've got to protect the baby, be inactive, don't do anything, don't risk it. Uh, yeah. And obviously, you know, if that kind of person had seen you and what you were doing at the box, they would have had a heart attack. Yeah, so definitely. I suppose the first question is, can and should people still exercise and work out once they once they're pregnant absolutely i mean it's obviously not recommended that you are you know not pregnant you do you don't do any exercise any regular exercise then you fall pregnant and then you decide it's the time to start getting fit and start exercising three four or five times a week that is not good but whatever you do pre-pregnancy is absolutely recommended and fine for you to do during your pregnancy so obviously what a lot of people would have seen me doing when i was sort of heavily pregnant if i was doing some kettlebell stuff or they might have thought oh that's far too heavy when she's pregnant but actually what i was lifting was quite a small percentage of what i was able to do and capable of pre-pregnancy so it's just you know, scaling it accordingly and listening to your body. Obviously, there are certain things that you can't do. So, I mean, a lot of women I did, I got quite a lot of sickness. So in the first 12 weeks, I was very, like, if I felt sick, I didn't train or I just did some gentle stuff. But then once you start kind of getting a bump, there are obviously adaptations. I stopped using a barbell quite well relatively early on for certain movements because I didn't want to teach my body bad movement patterns um so I adapted like I would snatch a dumbbell or a kettlebell instead so that I wasn't you know swinging the bar out around my bump and you know there are certain abdominal exercises you can't do and that aren't recommended even things that you wouldn't necessarily think of like pull-ups past a certain point put a lot of pressure on your abs which can cause more of a problem with that sort of splitting of your abs, that diastasis. So yeah, you need to be careful, but it's absolutely like labor and giving birth is one of the hardest workouts you'll ever do. So actually, if you can keep fit during your pregnancy, then yeah, definitely do it. Yeah, I've heard that sort of thing of, you know, literally training for the delivery. You know, my first labor was 36 hours long. So you look at endurance, you know, that's pretty hardcore. And a lot of women, you know, have the same, especially with their first. So it, it is important. I think walking as well is really underestimated form of exercise for during pregnancy and afterwards. Like walking is brilliant. If you can get out and walk and get your heart rate up a little bit, then even that's going to help. And, and obviously that you know is gonna i think because i think an interesting thing and something you've sort of mentioned as well is that and obviously anyone listening to this like what worked for you isn't necessarily going to be okay for yeah. them because as you said the the level at which you were training beforehand meant that for you kind of dropping that down to something a little bit quote unquote lighter or more yeah. sustainable would maybe be for them a max effort but it, it wasn't for you so yeah i think that's also though the beauty of crossfit isn't it because we have that, that idea of it being infinitely scalable so Definitely. even if you are early on in your crossfit journey you can still scale movements down you can still come absolutely yeah like i had to i had um quite a lot of sciatic pain on my right side with charlie and 
actually I couldn't squat below parallel. So I just did box squats if I wanted to squat, you know. So there's always, always something that you can do. And there's, there's obviously been, you know, quite a number of, of, of mums in the box. So it means that the different coaches uh, have all had a chance to help and coach uh, yeah. you know, at various stages of the, of the pregnancy. So I think if somebody, you know, does come to the box and, and they're not sure what they should be doing, you know, knowing that, well, if you know, get in, don't, don't worry about what's written on the board because the coach can help you like that. Absolutely. Yeah. The guy, you know, the guys are clued up and they know exactly what, you know, should and shouldn't be done. And also, you know, it's just staying within your limits. So say to yourself, if you, you know, even if you don't track your heart rate or whatever, just go on whether you can hold a conversation or, you know, you don't want to be pushing yourself to that red line. I mean, we, you don't really want to do that too much anyway, but obviously people do like to, but you've just got to stay within your limits. But there's, there's no reason, you know, babies love movement when they're in your tummy. That's why after they're born, you end up having to jiggle them around all the time because they're used to so much movement in your tummy. And actually, I think, you know, a bit of exercise, it doesn't, doesn't do them any harm. The only thing I was... Um, conscious of which some people are fine I, I've got friends who have ran during their whole pregnancies but running I did stop quite early on because I felt like it was too much but I did gain despite my training I gained a lot of weight during my pregnancy with Charlie a lot <laughs> I was massive I'm, I'm not going to say anything they <laughs> 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 just say oh, okay interesting um, <laughs> and, and obviously you know it seems you're saying some people ran you didn't uh, and I know, you know, I've heard in the past that some people were like quite happy to still kind of do a handstand against a wall and others were like, no, I, you know, early on, I, I found my balance was kind of gone and it was a risk. Uh, you also mentioned like the, the morning sickness. Uh, yeah. I know for Rochelle, that was a huge issue because the very misnamed morning sickness that was on all day, all day yeah. and the duration of the pregnancy. So it was not like oh a couple of months and then she was okay uh, and I think oh. although she was a member obviously we weren't doing CrossFit when we had Harvey but with Emily uh, yeah. she was a member the whole time like through the pregnancy but I remember probably only training there a couple of times throughout yeah. that that whole period uh, just because she was so sick yeah which is I mean I with Charlie I had a bit of morning sick well, morning sickness but with Spencer I was really 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 not actually sick but felt permanently sick to a point where I couldn't actually eat for two or three weeks but I did actually find that when I did a light session I didn't feel any more sick or any less sick so actually I felt better for doing something because I kind of just felt the same whether I did it or not but obviously some people get really extreme like for Rochelle it sounds like you know she was especially if it's throughout the whole pregnancy. But some people suffer really badly with like extreme fatigue, you know, during pregnancy, especially with your second, if you're running around after a toddler, your energy levels aren't the same. So yeah, you've just got to go with how you feel, but don't be scared to exercise during pregnancy. Yeah, it sounds like it's a, it's a very individual thing because obviously it, it affects everyone in a slightly different way and everybody's in a slightly different uh, kind of starting point as well. Yeah. But it's more just perhaps dispelling that idea of, oh no, you can't do anything. Like you need to be yeah. careful, take care. Like, yes, be careful, be safe. Obviously, you know, if your doctor has told you you've got some specific yeah. complication, don't, you know, think, well, you know, CrossFit will make me stronger. <laughs> Yes, in some areas, but, you know, yeah. follow medical advice. Uh, but it, it is nice to know that you, you can do it. I think it's interesting, though, little things. You know, obviously, like you're saying, you stop using the barbell early on. Of, of course, I think everyone assumes that eventually they, you know, I'm going to have to stop using the barbell because I can't have that path. But yeah. it's interesting that you're saying maybe even, even if you think, well, I can still kind of clean. Yeah, but maybe don't just because it's going to, it might have a good effect on your, your physical well-being during the pregnancy but it's going to have yeah. a very negative effect on your olympic lifting technique exactly and for me that was something that obviously i was concerned about you know not many people might not worry about you know the technique of their clean or 
a snatch, but I just didn't want to teach myself bad habits. So I definitely stuck to movements that I knew I could still do well or adapted. So I ended up doing like a dumbbell snatch from a hang ultimately, because reaching the floor is hard when you've got a massive. So there's all sorts of ways that you can adapt it and still do something. Yeah. And and I just think then, like, I, I imagine obviously for you being a coach, it's quite easy to think well if I can't do you know exercise a I know that a good a good you know substitute would be b or c you know these these are going to give me a similar stimulus but slightly easier more comfortable uh, you know yeah with with the bump and so on Uh, and obviously that's an advantage you have that probably a lot of members wouldn't have definitely they don't know that so that's where if you can you know keep coming to the box keep training or having at least somebody who can advise you you're going to find that beneficial absolutely and don't be put off just because you see a workout and you think oh I can't do that you know we we've always as coaches dealt with people with various injuries people with the bad knee who can't do certain movements or you know anything so we're used to substituting exercises there's always stuff that you can do so yeah definitely keep fit during pregnancy it helps excellent awesome so the interesting thing is while that nine month period may seem like an eternity during it and the long run of things, it's actually relatively short, isn't it? So it's much more the yes. training after where, you know, more people are going to, for example, like Rochelle couldn't really train during the, the pregnancy because of the morning sickness. Yeah. But obviously after is when, okay, now I can try and get back into training. It, it's also probably when a lot of people have that, you know, that drive maybe during the pregnancy, they're looking forward to, you know, I'm going to get I'm going to get back into shape and I'm going to try and I'm going to, you know. And I think for females, like you just said, back into shape is a massive thing. You know, pregnancy changes you and you will never get your pre-pregnancy body back. But it's women are desperate to lose the weight they've put on, you know, and get back some kind of, it's just like getting a bit of yourself back, isn't it? The thing is that, you know, as, as people always say, especially with your first child is like, you can imagine what life will be like, but you're wrong. <laughs> like you have no idea really what it's going to be like until you're, you know, you're there with a yeah. baby. And, you know, as we were discussing doing that, you know, that terrible thing of talking before recording, mm-hmm. we were mentioning that the second child for both of us, we were saying how different the second was to the first. So Absolutely. again, you might have in your mind, well, I, I know, you know, I'm going to have this kind of routine or I'm going to do it this way. And that's how I'm going to start training again after yeah. and life throws you a, a curveball. In- yeah. I mean, with Charlie, I could leave him in the buggy. I could lie him on the floor. I could, and he would just be happy and I could do whatever I wanted. Well, the first workout I managed to do this time was when he was nine weeks old. And I mean, when I say workout, I mean, floor exercises, but so it was completely different to Charlie first time round I did a load of walking from the off this time round because I had Charlie I couldn't just go out for a walk what what two-year-old wants to go out for a walk you know so yeah it is very different and also the massive thing is how your labor and giving birth goes because that will be the telltale for how you're training what you know when you can start exercising what kind of exercises you can start doing yeah so again it's going to be very different for for everyone depending on the child as you mentioned the labor you know the how much help they have at home for example yeah. oh absolutely yeah uh, and, I, and I guess especially now in you know with the current situation we're in even if you have relatives not far from you still may be very difficult to actually be able to use them to, to help Definitely. I mean I remember you can ask Kirsty when you next see her I remember when Charlie was like weeks old and she came to the gym with me but just to hold Charlie so that I could do a workout well obviously you can't do that now because of Covid so yeah so it is quite different now so obviously we've got a lot of different situations but we have had some people write in a few questions which makes my life easier because I can be less careful about what I say I'm just going to read what they <laughs> Uh, and perhaps you've got a few tips or suggestions or some advice or even if maybe you know another source that would be a better place to look for that advice just kind of get through them so I've no particular order I'm just going to pull up the the messages that came in Shalir sent in loads so I saw that 
she wa- she's w- was one of those that wanted this episode in the first place. So um, I-, I told her she better send in questions, otherwise. <laughs> and she did. She came and up. She, oh, she did. So the first <laughs> thing um, she asked about was she said that she lost a lot of strength in her upper body through the pregnancy. And that. did you find that to be the case as well? Yeah, I mean, obviously you're doing less when you're pregnant in terms of weight or movements a lot of you know overhead stuff might put too much strain on your midline so um yeah I did find my upper body was a lot weaker I mean I couldn't even do a press up on my knees when I first tried having had Charlie so yeah that is something that goes so she asks then how did you how did you build that back up so I think one is the baby (laughs) genuinely having to hold your baby I think that naturally does you know you're constantly holding them rocking them but also just being really conscious with the exercises that you do and trying to incorporate at the start some upper body exercises but without that strain on your midline so when you feel ready and strong enough like doing for example like a seated shoulder press like a z press with dumbbells say um, and just getting your upper body muscles working press ups against a wall rather than on the floor to get you know your pecs triceps working all the muscles because actually when you are holding your baby if you're bottle feeding breastfeeding whatever you end up you know you're quite round shouldered people get a lot of tension. So actually doing things where you're working, like your back muscles as well as your arms is really good. So like single arm rows and things. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's kind of trying to, to work out where you need to, I don't know, I would say restrict movement and where you want to kind of focus movement Definitely. on. So like you were saying, uh, obviously if I'm pushing overhead and I'm utilizing mostly my legs and core, then I'm not necessarily helping to build where the strength is, has gone. If yeah. anything, those other parts are going to overcompensate because it's difficult, right? So as you said, being seated immediately takes the other muscle groups out of the equation. Uh, and it. then thinking about, okay, well, as you said, like holding the baby, I'm, I'm constantly in these positions. So these are the muscle groups that are getting worked, uh, maybe even overtrained, <laughs> dare we say. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So what what's going to complement them, uh, which I suppose even looking at some of the programming we've had, you can kind of work that out when you see certain exercises that are coupled together uh, to work from different directions. So there are That's ways. It. And of course, ask a coach, ask someone. Yeah, always. Some, some um, and it is something that does and will come back. And you've just got to it's like, you know, when we when people join CrossFit, we always say, leave your ego at the door. But it's like that after you've had a baby, you have to almost erase from your mind, which is really hard to do, like what you were capable of before. Because even now, when it comes up on my Facebook memories and I see a video of me doing like a really heavy clean or a snatch, and even I'm like, I wish I was still that strong. But you do have to sort of forget about that. And like the other day, I was doing single leg deadlifts with a four kilo dumbbell, you know? So you just have to literally start from scratch and rebuild your body. It's like coming back from an injury. You've been through a massive trauma and, you know, your insides have been through a lot. And it's really important to look at it as rebuilding. So take those weights right back. I mean, if someone had said to me, you'll be deadlifting with a four kilo dumbbell, in the future I would have laughed in their face but it you know it felt hard I I think um, one of the things that we've we've sort of said coming back to training now uh, there was a lot of talk of like oh you're going to hit a lot of new uh, kind of post-lockdown PBs yeah idea of just forget your pre-lockdown what you were doing yeah and now every time you're kind of hitting a new number congratulations that's your new post lockdown PV and it's yeah. it's basically the same principle isn't it is that definitely you, you are ultimately a different person now yeah uh, you know, whether <laughs> and not in a you know that's not a negative thing that's a, a positive thing I hope that comes across yeah. um, but obviously yeah like hitting a you know that that clean that first clean you hit is it you know it's half as heavy as your previous clean but that's still a new 
post-pregnancy PB. Exactly. And that's how you have to look at it. Definitely. She's asked another question that I think has the most likes out of any question that we had on there, (laughs) which was simply, when does she manage to find the time to keep fit? Wow. So with Charlie, I did take him to the gym with me for the first year of his life. I would go not into classes. I would go into open gym, have him in the buggy, bless him. He'd be asleep or watching me train. So I did manage to sort of keep up my normal kind of pre Charlie training, I suppose, with obviously building back up. So, but obviously you can't do that now. You can't, you know, you're not going to take a baby to the gym anymore. So this is where, and actually the last probably 18 months, because I tend to have no time where I could actually make a class. So because Dev um, in his previous work would be up and out the house at five in the morning. So the morning classes were out for me. You know, I couldn't just leave Charlie at home with him and go do the 7am class and be home. And then I'm very much a, once I hit the evening, like there's no way I could have got Charlie to sleep and then gone out, you know, I've sleep deprivation. I breastfed him until he was two. So my nights were quite disturbed for quite a long time. Um, So there was no, evening was not an option for me. So I trained at home, like I was saying to you before, because I found that was the only way that I could actually guarantee that I was getting my exercise in rather than trying to find, because if you think about by the time you've left home, you get to the gym, you do a class, you get home, you're looking at an hour and a half really. Whereas I was able to do a workout at home. And even if I did 20 minutes, I was still getting a good workout in. Um, So I would either do it before Charlie woke up because I was still in the house. We've got a, we're quite lucky. We've got a rowing machine. So that obviously helps. Um, And we've just built up our kit. We've got a few sets of dumbbells, kettlebell and a box. Um, And I actually signed up to um, Miranda Oldroyd is an ex CrossFit Games athlete. And she does programming called street parking. And for me, because obviously I'm a coach, so I can program for myself, but it's actually quite hard to do stuff if you're trying to think of your own workouts to do. It's much easier. I found it. I went on the app looked at what the workout was and it's all stuff to do at home with dumbbells so then I would just do whatever workout was on the app that day but I also did my training kind of change because I got quite into running again for the ease of being able to put your trainers on and go out the door without it taking up too much time so I did actually end up doing quite a bit of running and again I would use like nap times and just not put too much pressure on myself if I was tired then I sometimes a workout would help you know sometimes I would know that today is not the day to do a workout and I just didn't put too much pressure on myself I said to myself that if I could get three sessions in a week that would be brilliant that's what I always aimed for so I think it's it's similar like you're talking kind of forget about what you were you know the weights you were lifting before like yeah. put that out of your mind it's it you know I, I'm sure the the answer that we'd love to hear is oh actually you know there's this little trick and if you do that it's going to free up an hour and a half of your day and you can get into the box every day and do your but we know that's not realistic so it's yeah. that idea of sort of thinking well yeah I used to train for an hour but maybe now I can't do that because there, there is not going to be that hour I have free but I know that perhaps this programming I'm following I can find little half hour workouts or a 20 minute workout yeah, uh, and that's using kit I have at home. I guess again, the whole lockdown situation has probably helped with that. That people have yeah, definitely because people obviously have had to do that over the last three months. And if you'd said to me, "Oh, you know, you'll train at home," and I would be like, "No way! I love training with people. I love the classes, and I do, and I miss it. And I will always, you know, when miss." training with other people in a CrossFit class but like I said before I would rather do something than nothing and that's I've just found that that's the best way to get it in um but obviously for some people like if Dev did work a nine to five then I 100% would have said right three mornings a week I am going to do the 7am class and you're looking after the baby but just because of his work schedule it's never 
kind of worked out like that. Who knows? Who knows what the future holds? But yeah, at the moment, um, but yeah. But this time round, in terms of time, obviously now I've got two. It has been a lot harder, especially because of Spencer and his reflux, not being able to put him down. Um, so I have been, I have struggled a bit more this time. So, but just before I came on to do this, he was asleep. Charlie's at nursery today, so now he's back at nursery um so i managed to put him in his chair for 15 minutes and i did a 3k row and some wall sits and a couple of like core exercises so i was probably 20 25 minutes before he started crying woke up but again that's a bonus that's more than i thought i was going to do today so yeah so i guess it's just tempering your expectations and yeah and being adaptable to yeah, I'm going to do a half hour workout and it turns into a 15 minute workout, but that's 15 yeah. minutes more than nothing. And then Exactly. Just... And also remember that, you know, sleep deprivation is cruel. And then if you're trying to juggle being back at work, if you are back at work, your child, then finding the time can be difficult. So it's knowing when to sort of do a workout and when not to because ultimately you don't want to run yourself into the ground and remembering not to like hammer yourself when you've just had a baby because your hormones are still all over the place you're exhausted so you've still got things like relaxing one of the hormones in your body that actually you shouldn't do too much because your ligaments and stuff are all still a bit looser. So, you know, your risk of injury is slightly higher, for example. So, yeah, it's just being sensible. But you will always, kind of, if you can get, you know, a little bit of exercise in, mentally, you will always feel better. Well, it, it's funny you should say that. So, um, Rochelle, who, who actually wrote the question on the board and didn't just tell me to didn't ask it tell you. She's asked that question of how did you deal with the lack of sleep and tiredness? So um, I guess from your previous comment, you were sort of saying to accept it almost and, and just realize yeah. you might be too tired. I try not to dwell on what sleep I haven't had, if that makes sense. It's like anything, isn't it, with parenting? People are like, oh, that's not the right way to do that. or oh, that's not the right way. Well, the way I got most sleep with Charlie was co-sleeping and having him in our bed. That worked. It meant I got more sleep and it meant I could exercise better. So different things, again, work for different people. But I think it's just, like I said, it's listening to your body. And, you know, don't be stupid. If you have had like three or four hours of broken sleep, the next day is probably not the best day to do a really tough workout or go for a however many miles run. You know, just be be aware maybe that day do some concentrate on your pelvic floor and do some floor exercises that way you're still doing something but you're not hammering your nervous system and running yourself into the ground and look out for signs like I always get mouth ulcers mm -hmm. um I've got a few at the moment and I always know that's when I'm obviously you're always tired when you're a parent but if I've had a lot of lack of sleep, things like that. I, I mean, I tend to get mouth ulcers, but I don't know if that's a common thing. So just be sensible. Right. Okay? And it's knowing when a workout is going to kind of help and make you feel a bit better and give you more energy. Because you do always feel better after a workout, don't you? Mentally. And, some, you know, it gives you, yeah, not always. It depends um, on the workout, Vex, I'll be honest with you. Yeah. <laughs> but it does kind of, it does almost give you a bit more energy, doesn't it? Yeah. I'll probably be more productive this afternoon having done 20 minutes of something than if I had just been sat down. So it is hard, really hard to get through the sleep deprivation. But when you just try and remember how good you feel after you've done something and it comes back to the same thing, lower your expectations. You're yeah. too tired to go to the gym and do an hour's class and talk to people. But do some floor exercises at home you know so i think that's interesting then so it, it you know on the surface it can seem like know your body know when you're too tired so you, you planned maybe this sort of you know you 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 
bought yourself a nice 45 minute window that you'd arranged everything that day. So you had somebody looking after the kids and you knew you were going to be able to, to do your workout and you, you're just too tired to do that workout you'd planned. Yeah. So don't do that, but keep that time and just do something lighter. Don't yeah. say, well, I'm going to go watch TV instead. Do your workout, but just you know, strip back what you planned for a workout. So you were going on that long run, do a walk. Watch TV, but do some stretching and some pelvic floor exercises. We all need to do pelvic floor exercises after having a baby. <laughs> I have a feeling that that's another question that's going to come up. Uh, yeah. Um, Rochelle also asked about uh, your, because obviously, you know, exercise is one side of things. Also eating is the other uh, big yeah. thing. She's, but uh, how do you plan uh, so planning to eat healthy and feed the family so obviously pre charlie i was one of these i was into tracking and i used my fitness power i've done it various ways over the years and when i was competing and um but i did like to sort of keep an eye on you know what i was eating and then obviously that goes out the window after you've had a baby i found that well one breastfeeding I was starving all the time so I I ate quite a lot <laughs> still healthy stuff I still would have my healthy meals but I was eating a lot and then when I added in training on top of that I was my you know your calorie intake needs to be quite high so since I had Charlie I have not tracked calories at all not once but obviously I just try and make sensible decisions apart from when I'm going out for coffee and enjoying some cake you know we always we don't always eat with Charlie so sometimes our meals are different to his because it just doesn't always work out that we can sit down and eat you know at the same time as him so family meals aren't always the same thing so yeah I think Obviously, sugar is a massive thing and it's hard when you're tired. It's going back to the tiredness. It's hard not to live off sugar. Um, but obviously, that ultimately makes you feel worse. So I think making sure I would always have my breakfast prepared the night before so that I would always have my breakfast. So I would do like overnight oats. Um, that's like a staple for me because <laughs> you know it's a really important to eat you need the energy it's classic for mums to be like oh I didn't have time to have my breakfast or but that's just going to make you feel worse and feel more tired and so I think just trying to make sensible options I think the the planning is important as well because like you know Rochelle's two questions about the, the sleep and the eating yes. are, are not are not sort of coincidentally they're the two it's that I know she she often says like when she's really tired it's a lot harder to make the right decision oh definitely I am with her um because all you want to do is eat biscuits to get you through the day um so yeah I think planning is definitely and making so like we not so much in the summer but making a lot of one thing so whether it's you know in the slow cooker like a big chili that's going to last you for a couple of days that you can feed your toddler and feed yourselves you know so you're not making separate meals all the time um and just like batch cooking is a lifesaver when you've got little ones and when you're trying to be conscious of what you're eating and trying to lose you know if you are have got baby weight to lose I don't know if that really answers her question. Yeah, well, I think so. So it seems that it's a lot of a lot of planning, a lot of prepping the meal, if not the night before, the yeah. week before. And like, don't deny yourself. Don't feel bad if you, you know, go out. It's miserable if you're meeting friends and you're the only one that sat there not having something that's really enjoyable to eat. But just, you know, be mindful and try not to... It's like anything, whether you're post-baby or not, just be mindful of, you know, what you are eating. And yeah, sugar, obviously, the more sugar you eat, the more sugar you want. So that, that old trap. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, good. I, I think, I think there's some answers in there somewhere. She can find them. She doesn't listen to the podcast anymore. Anyway. <laughs> uh, she might listen to this one. Uh, Kate, not a question. She just puts, 
Ah, lovely Bex. <laughs> so. Aww, lovely Kate. <laughs> Joe Badder, is it good, the surname, Joe? Yeah. I only know badders. So I, I, in fact, it wasn't until I read badder that I realised it's not even got an S on the end. And yeah. That's everyone always calling it badders. That's what, what we call him. So Joe asks, uh, any tips on combating ab separation and not so strong pelvic floor? So we've mentioned these. Oh, there we already. Go, so pelvic floor. Here we go. I think the most important thing with pelvic floor and ab separation is doing the right exercises at the right time or avoiding the wrong exercises at the right time if that makes sense you know people are so desperate after they've had a baby to get exercising and getting themselves back but those are the weeks where you really need to be conscious of you know what your pelvic floor and your body has been through and it's really important like i said look at it as an injury and that you're rebuilding so you know pelvic floor from very like from the start is really important and it's it's one of those things they're really easy to do but you forget to do them mm -hmm. i don't you know i'm guilty of it but so when i said about avoiding exercises you shouldn't if you've had quite bad ab separation so that's where what is your six pack is no you know muscles known as your six pack kind of separate and cause like a coning or like a doming and that's when there's a lot of abdominal pressure so any exercises like static exercises planks press ups anything that's creating a lot of pressure in your abdominals is going to make that worse so avoiding any holds basically planks like I just said, press-ups, any crunches, sit-ups, movements like that, that you might think, oh, I want to do sit-ups because I want to help my abs. But actually sit-ups are one of the worst things that you could do. So it's really important to work on your transverse abdominals, which are like your corset kind of muscle. And that will, is what helps to knit like your, your rectus abdominis back together. So just being really conscious and some people can have a separation for you know a year like up to even longer they you know because they haven't necessarily worked on it that doesn't mean that you can't however far postpartum you are you can still help to bring those back together and if it is quite a severe separation then I um, would always recommend going and seeing a women's health physio who can actually assess your pelvic floor and your separation um, and actually give you physio to help. Right. Okay. So that's, I think it's a, a really good point though, and that it's not like you've missed the boat, like, Oh, I didn't do it immediately. Yeah. And now, you know, huh, no hope for me still do yeah. it now. Like, yeah. and, I, and I think also that point, you know, talking of exercises to avoid, I think that's really interesting because uh, again, I think if you gave someone a list, yeah, they put, you know, well, depending on who you gave that list to, they might put down something like sit-ups and crunches as a, yeah, obviously not. Uh, yeah. Someone, as you said, might put as a, that's what I need to do because I've got to get my my abs back. Uh, yeah. I'd, I'd be surprised if anybody put like press-ups on there at all because press-ups yeah. isn't an ab exercise. Why no, would it be on But yeah. a press-up is, is a plank, isn't it? Basically, it's a plank yeah. going up and down. So it, it is interesting that probably, again, someone who's not a coach, isn't yeah. making those those links if you uh, yeah if you think of the amount of pressure through your abdominals and how much you have to brace yourself in a press up it's massive so actually that is an exercise that you need to kind of build up to after you've had a baby just like um pressing overhead yeah. You know, you have to brace yourself. You have to engage your core. So that's why it's really important to start off really light, you know, after you've had a baby and build up these things. And actually, it's, it's a bit like, you know, you need to work on the foundations before you then do all the exciting stuff. I, I, I Okay, this, is, <laughs> this could end the podcast when I, when I now say this, but I suppose it's, it seems a lot like when you, you know, if you need to work on your mobility, right? So, you, you know, you can't do an overhead squat because your mobility doesn't allow you to do it. 
Yeah. And if you just keep forcing yourself to try and do an overhead squat, you're really just going to make matters worse. Yeah. What you need to do is all the kind of boring. Yeah, it uh, is. Yeah, you know, auxiliary work to, to try and get into a position where you can now do an overhead squat. Definitely. Uh, and it's, it's basically the same thing, right? Like, yeah, sorry, you've got to work on, you know, quote unquote, your mobility. You've got to work yeah. on all these other little exercises. No one, no one enjoys spending time on their ankle mobility or, you know, rehabbing from an injury. You know, I don't enjoy lying on the floor, not sweating, not getting my heart rate up and, you know, doing my pelvic floor and my different, you know, floor exercises. It's boring. I want to sweat. I want to do burpees. I want to throw weights around. But in the long term, you know, you're going to, re- it's really important. It takes, you know, people are so rushed to get back to it after having a baby, but it is, your body's been through so much. Even if you've had a really easy labor, not that it's ever easy. I don't mean that. <laughs> That's me saying something bad now. Um, obviously no labor is easy, but say you've had no episiotomy, no tears, no interventions, you feel physically absolutely fine your body has still been through a massive amount so actually it's still really important to take it right back and rebuild before you do all the fun stuff which we all want to do and I'm sure like as a mum that's what you're going to be telling your kids all the time right is you can't do this until you've done you know get the boring stuff done and then you get the fun stuff so you're really just having to to apply that to yourself in this situation of like get get back into you know do the boring stuff now so you can do the fun stuff later yeah he's 12 weeks old tomorrow and I haven't been for a run yet even though I'm signed I've signed up to another (laughs) half marathon because I know that I don't feel red quite ready for that yet for that impact Mm. um so you know I'm gonna get just go when I feel that I can um so yeah again just go with what feels comfortable and everyone's different and actually it's I don't know if it helps or it doesn't help that actually now you know quite a few of the top CrossFit athletes are now mums so you know Annie literally is days after giving birth Camille who had a real prem um baby you know there's Cara yeah yeah they're all mums now but again it's for the kind of average mum who's just given birth like don't look at what they're doing on their instagram and think why can't i do that remember they are top top athletes you know annie's just posted today on her instagram that she's like doing some floor exercises and i think she had her baby maybe like five days ago yeah it took me eight weeks before i did a single floor exercise so don't compare yourself to these like top athletes yeah, it's, I think it goes back to what we we're saying, like at the beginning when someone was watching you train and be like, oh, you know, she's going yeah. crazy, she shouldn't be lifting that heavy. And you're like, well, actually, for me, that's light. I think like yeah. like Kara Saunders, she could even win the games this year. Like, yeah. she's so good. Uh, yeah. And like, she competed at Rogue and it was in the middle of the night because of the time difference. And she's like feeding the baby in yeah. between events. And yeah. she's like, smashing the workouts and it's incredible yeah but she also was somebody who was like like her last games appearance was second though she was second so obviously don't you know did you go to the game no then don't expect to be to be but i i would say you know obviously they're top tier crossfit athletes but instagram in general is is like notoriously dangerous for this kind of thing right like here's my you know here's my six weeks and, after having a baby picture and you're like yeah really that's yeah that's not real yeah. also if you're not sure if you don't feel you know physically right after having had a baby if, if your pelvic floor doesn't feel right you don't feel like you're healing go seek help from a women's health physio there's a really good one in bath um i can always put her page up if anyone wants it i saw her after i had charlie because i had quite a traumatic time and you know that you will then get yourself back to where you need to be don't be afraid of you know if you're not sure like get that help 
Yeah. And again, I think they're principles that we've constantly like get told during, you know, during your time at CrossFit for multiple things, right? If you've got that nagging injury and you just keep pushing and keep pushing, you're always told maybe get it looked at, get it checked out. What's wrong? You know, don't, yes, I know you want to do this movement. You want to do this workout, but it's ultimately going to be detrimental if you keep pushing on that injury. Yeah, It's boring lying down, doing your pelvic floor exercises and getting your deep core working Mm. but actually in 30 years time do i want to be coughing and wetting myself no i don't i know i wasn't sure what the answer was going to be to that question (laughs) no okay good (laughs) so you know they are boring stuff but they do need to be done because it's not normal just because you've had a baby it doesn't mean that you do a box jump and you wet yourself you know that shouldn't happen if you if you rehab I guess it's just one of those things. It's like funny, isn't it? Because obviously, you know, we talk about it like having an injury, but you know, you'd, you'd never walk up to a pregnant woman and tell her, it looks like you're having an injury. Like it's, it's a natural thing. It's a, you know, it's a a wonderful thing, Yeah. but it does take its toll physically the same way an injury would. And a lot of the principles you've got to apply are the same. Obviously the reason behind it is very different, but it doesn't, change the kind of you know the physical facts of the matter yeah, are that the, you are healing trauma that's uh, it. it's similar to like with shacks we're talking about you know and you you mentioned that we shouldn't be kind of redlining every workout anyway and yeah. it's the idea of it being a stress on the body obviously when you redline you're stressing your body so like yeah. you go to work and you're stressed then you go to the gym to de-stress yeah you just stress your body in a different way and yes it's a different form of stress but at the end of the day it starts to have the same, you know, the same impact. Yeah, because on you. your body doesn't know exactly the cause of the stress. So yes, you know, a car accident is an injury to your body that you might need to rehab certain muscles because of the this injury, and a pregnancy is in you know, and and the delivery. More importantly, it's very yeah. different, but ultimately, it's a stress on your body that that you need to rehab in a, in a certain and way. And also, I mean, we haven't mentioned about like people who have C sections. But, you know, that is a massive operation. You're having your whole stomach cut open. So, again, like that's another, you know, massive thing to recover from, which I think a lot of people underestimate. Yeah. And the baby is not sitting on the top there. It's not like just a little yeah. slice open. Oh, there you are. You're out. They, they... Yeah, they're cutting through all your muscles. So, again, it's really important to... You know, you wouldn't have major heart surgery and then think, oh, I want to get back to doing my clean and jerk yeah you know? i think a, a lot of the discussion has been kind of pause think slow down you know readjust your expectations maybe That's be it. a little and bit more realistic which is again where we were saying about like the whole instagram like danger yeah. is that you start to see unreal like, um you know i wouldn't want people to see you know, the picture of that you used when I just finished the half marathon. And that's me sort of probably at one of my fittest points after I'd had Charlie. Um, but I put on 20 kilos when I was pregnant. <laughs> so I did not look like that <laughs> when I was, you know, one day after giving birth. It took, you know, a good few months of, you know, building things back up to get myself to that position again. We'll pick a different picture for the thumbnail. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> I have one where you look terrible. Don't yeah, worry. Get one where I look really terrible and really fat. <laughs> um, but also it's not all like bad. So one um, thing I didn't know until I ran the half marathon. So I ran, Charlie was born in the August. I ran the bath half the next year. So in the March. And it turns out I got like an eight minute PB because my, I was able to just run so much faster because of your blood volume and the amount of oxygen obviously it increases when you're pregnant so when I started training and running I still had that so I know that Jessica Ennis Hill has talked a little bit about that um don't ask me about the science (laughs) but it is actually true so so there are bonuses and little little perk is that why you you've signed up yeah I'm gonna see if I can better it again <laughs> clever cunning uh, so because i never uh, ran that fast again no 
you well let's see we're all the best for the next one then yeah thank you otherwise we'll be looking at a third child won't we just to try (laughs) kind of a final a final question um or final sort of thought again Shalia came back in (laughs) she's she hadn't finished Um, she was also asking about like flu season she's saying basically what kills her training is you know the kids getting sick and then I think more from from speaking to her in the past I know it's not so much that she necessarily herself is is too sick to train she doesn't want to go to the box and pass on anything which is good commendable she you know she was socially distancing before it was popular so Yeah, it's hard, especially when your little ones start nursery. I mean, Charlie was permanently ill for a few months when he started nursery. So, I mean, there's not really a lot you can do about that. I've had it, I mean, when I, I didn't train as much in my pregnancy this time because I had a chest infection that I couldn't get rid of for like three months. So I had to stop training because I couldn't really do anything and things like that there's nothing you can do about it but if it's your child that's ill yeah again just try and utilize what you can do at home yeah so it's, it's pretty much the, the principles of kind of having the newborn almost that you were saying like if you get 20 minutes that you can do a workout at home do a workout at home exactly. you know so- if, if it is a case of you don't want to go and spread germs especially now that covid's around nobody wants you coughing on anything do they but yeah just try and do something go up again I go back to walking walk I swear that walking with Charlie when he was newborn and this time is one of the best ways of getting some exercise in because you know you're out in the fresh air so it mentally it makes you feel better um but it is really underestimated especially in Bath you've got loads of hills you can you know you can get a good calorie burn um, and get your heart rate up just by walking. I think it, it a lot of it again comes back to just reframing maybe what we think of as a workout. And yeah, like oh, I can't get a workout. All I was able to do was this massive walk. And you're like, that's yeah, that's your workout. Just yeah, and you would think that. that was rubbish. Yeah, but actually, you still feel a lot better after a walk than had you done nothing, especially if you've got sick kids at home. Yeah, I think again as well because of the nature of you know where we are and who we train with and the people we know and see you know we're talking about like don't look at Annie and Cara and these ones as examples of you know what you should be doing straight away after pregnancy but I think even just looking around the box everybody there is into health and fitness right they're there to get fit yeah but so yeah maybe looking around them and then going oh I just went for a walk that's not a workout but if you look outside the box and see what the majority of people are doing that is nothing maybe you feel better about yourself that you're like, well, actually, even though I've got an excuse, I could say because of the baby or because the kids are sick, I can't do anything. I'm doing something. And, and, you know, that readjustment of your perspective and how you view things is probably enough to just motivate you to kind of keep, keep That's going. Fair. I mean, say three, I don't know, three weeks ago, I had Spencer strapped to me in the carrier and I went and walked up to Kelston Roundhill. Yeah. And I mean, I had my Garmin on, my heart rate went up to like 170. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely think that's, that's probably like the one really good bit of like, uh, I don't know what's sort of like life hack for the babies, get something where you can strap the kid on yes. front or to the back and walk with them. Because I know definitely. for Rachel, it's the same, uh, especially, you know, where we are, there's like a little, a little, <laughs> we're in Bath, there's hills everywhere, but there's kind yeah, of a, exactly. always a hill to get back to the house almost. Yeah. And she's like, wow, you know what, doing that hill with Emily. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's, it is a genuine, you know, Spencer weighs probably nearly about seven kilos now. Imagine the other day I did 18,000 steps in a day with him strapped to me, you know, that is a workout. <laughs> get a few patches to stick on and pretend it's a weight vest yeah exactly well it's been lovely speaking to you Vex, and amazingly i mean he he stayed quiet the whole time so that's um, snoring (laughs) blame the baby (laughs) that's why i haven't risked trying to put him down because if i put him down he would have lasted about 10 minutes and then stirred so well, thank you very much for having me. I hope that it ha- has helped people and I have managed to answer some questions. I'm sure you have. And I'm, and so we're still waiting for people to uh, send in 
who should play you in a movie. So that's very oh, yeah. important. We'll be looking forward to some some answers to that question. Yeah. And um, you know, if anyone wants to ask anything else, then just direct message me, find me on Instagram or Facebook. Obviously, I'm not um back at the box at the moment. I hope I will be at some point. Um now I can really hear him snoring. <laughs> yeah, we, well, we hope you we hope you will be too. Uh, I'll make sure in the description of the episode, I'll put links to yeah, like your Instagram if they want to send you a message. Uh, we'll also uh, put a link to the um, the physio you mentioned. Yes. Uh, as well, we'll work out who that yeah. is, and we'll include links to there so in case anybody does have uh, more. Um, I, don't, I don't know what's the word. Uh, sure. More. more serious questions that they need answers yeah. to or, yeah. or very specific you know i've done all my coaching and sort of postnatal training and stuff but ultimately i'm not an absolute expert yeah and it helps that i've got experience going through it myself as well but um yeah if anyone's got any sort of more definitely say it's worth seeing a women's health physio for sure okay well thank you so much bex really appreciate thank you coming you on the podcast me. it's been so lovely to see you and speak to you yeah well i know as a busy mum, i mean it's amazing that you made time for us which really we should say to anybody else who you know feels they're too busy to come on the podcast in the future bex yeah. able to do it despite being Excellent. Well, thank you so much for for joining us. It's been a really uh, interesting and very informative episode. And I'm only sorry that we didn't have uh, a lovely mum co-host to maybe ask questions with a little bit more. Well, I thought we might have, I thought I might get to see and speak to Ollie, but never mind. I I let him know. He's away. I know. I know they're away. Yeah. Yeah, But yes, maybe next time. (laughs) Next time. Well, you've said next time, so I'm going to write that down now. Mm -hmm. So we're definitely there. There will be a next time, everybody. So if we (laughs) ask any questions, send them in because who knows? But we can always talk about something else. Maybe we'll talk about your your half marathon training. That'd be nice. Yeah. Once once it gets going, once I actually get out for it. Yeah, I do like that you've signed up for a half marathon. No, and I haven't been for a a run. Hey, there's lots more you can do. Lots more training. Well, that will be the topic for the next time. What is the lots more? Who knows? All right. Well, thank you very much. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And uh, we'll see you all uh, on the next episode of the CrossFit Bath Podcast.